Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Yield to in darkness, revealing in light what has been whispered into ears, shouted on the rooftops. Good morning, church. Good to see you guys. Would you take a quick second or so to turn to your left, to your right, in front of you, behind you, to say hello to them? If you don't know their name, get their name. Give them your name as well. Greet them. Greet one another with the love of Christ that's in our midst. So we welcome you. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. So I'm so glad that you're able to join us for today's service. And if you are a visitor, if you're a newcomer, if you're just checking us out for whatever reasons, we would love for you to stick around after service and give us a chance to get to know you. And then if you have any questions, if you have any uh, questions regarding our ministry and church, we would love to be of help. So please do take advantage of that. Uh, Let me just share a few announcements before we begin our service today. I want to remind you that in just about three weeks' time, we are going to have our second Men's ministry meeting. Our men's ministry. Yay! Yay! Daniel is excited. Uh, hopefully, I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, really excited. Um, I'm excited too. You should be excited. So we're going to have our second men's ministry meeting. Our men's ministry meeting is called Fight Club because we believe that life is a fight. We are, we are fighting for our, our, our lives. We're fighting for our jobs. We're fighting for our marriages, fighting with our kids. So uh, it's a platform for us to get together, to learn from one another, and to commit ourselves to the journey of being um, godly men, godly husbands, and godly fathers. So I'll give more specific announcements as we encroach that date. Uh, the uh, The more important announcement that I have with you is next week, Rooftop Church is turning eight. Yay! It is our birthday. It is a big deal. Um, We not only celebrate God's faithfulness and what he had done in and through us in the past seven years, but I think what's more important is that we are looking ahead and we are anticipating what greater things that God will do uh, in our midst and God will do through us. So uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be a member here. It doesn't mean that you have to have been here for a long time. You're simply joining us as we declare, God, we are so grateful for what you have shown us in the past eight. God, now we look at for the past future, eight, 18, 28. So we're going to have an awesome time to celebrate. Uh, I have a wonderful friend of mine that I've invited to come and speak. Uh, His name is Pastor Daniel. He's a a senior pastor of the Well Church, Orange County. Uh, I like him not not only because uh, he looks like me. Uh, it, I don't have a bias uh, uh, towards other bald men, but he's a man of God. He, he radiates the glory of God. I know that for sure because I do that in my life too, right? But um, he's going to come give us a strong charge for us and so that you and I can glean from uh, the time of word. So I know that most of you should have received the invitation through your emails. But in case you did not get the chance to do that, you're not on our official uh, what is it, official uh, email list. I'm going to just quickly flash a QR code here. So quickly scan. It will just help us to prepare better. If you are planning on attending the service next week, we already have 65 adults confirmed to come and 35 kids. So we're, gonna, we're expecting at least 100 people that day. And we want to make sure that we do not run out of food. Is that important, guys? Yeah, you guys eat a lot. I'm just, let me just say, you guys eat well. So we want to make sure that we prepare adequately. So if you are planning on 
a just-in-case attending next week's service, quickly scan that code and let us know that you're coming. Let us know that you're planning on inviting your friends and family members so that we can prepare adequately. Does that sound cool? You guys gonna, am I going to see you guys next week? Yay! Remember, if you're a rooftop church member, this is your birthday. You better show up. Let me just say that nicely. Would you please show up? It's your party, man. All right, so that's it. RSVP and no more reminders going out for next week's celebration. It's going to be an awesome time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We have wonderful, wonderful gifts uh, prepared for you as well. I just checked it out this past Tuesday. Amazing. You will not be disappointed. I'm not saying it's about gifts, but sometimes like, it's, we're extra thankful too, right? So come prepared. Uh, let's have an awesome time. Um, really celebrating that day. All right. Are you guys ready for the Word of God today? Yes. Um, if you are joining us for the first time this year, if you're joining, if you missed last year's, uh, last week's service, we are starting this uh, a new push for the focus for the year 2023. And I, I, we discussed among the six core values of Rooftop Church that we do have, we are focusing this year on the topic of what? Anyone remember? Concentric leadership, all right, that's good. Some of you guys are paying attention. Concentric leadership, the premise of this value of concentric leadership is that our vision statement is what? We want to make an impact. We believe that as people of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, that God has impacted our lives. And in turn, our goal is for you and me to be the salt and the light of the earth. Jesus was very specific about us being impact players in the world. And the whole premise of our, one of our values is that we are not going to go out and be evangelists. We're not going to go out and make greater impact. We're not going to change the world. In order for us to change the world, we believe that we have first be impacted by God. And, and the impact that we do receive from the Lord, it, it, it ex, uh, expands in smaller circles. It increases in increments, concentric leadership. And we, we, we talk about the cacophony and the struggle of that we want to do great things for the Lord, yet we fail in making small impacts and direct impact. And we talked about like, oh, we are this great church leader, elder, board member, pastor, but at home, we're not even a decent father. At home, we're not even decent husband. And we wanted to destroy that, and we want to commit this entire year and say, God, change us, impact us, so that the impact that we make will be godly. The influence that we have in this world, God, that we will properly and adequately represent the taste of Jesus Christ. That there will be no confusion of that. So um, we want to continue on that theme. When I preached that sermon, I received an email from one of the members that was in the audience. They said, hey, you know, say, Pastor Scott, I just have a question. And, and, and that particularly, that member was kind of wrestling internally. It's like, you know, that sounds like a lot of pressure. And, and this person genuinely uh, uh, wondered about, is the, is the lack of impact that I'm seeing in my life, is it, be, is it because, like, I'm lacking in so many ways? I, I, it's like, I, I know I'm not perfect. Sometimes the pressure to be like Jesus is tremendous. What if I'm not like Christ but I'm, I'm doing these things, I serve, I go on mission trips because that helps me get close with Jesus. And I replied, um, and I, I fully understood the wrestling and the, and the tormenting in that person's heart. 
because genuinely that is often our struggle. Like we understand that we come short. We understand that we're inadequate. And I re- my reply was that even if it's such a struggle, I do believe that it is so necessary that we immerse ourselves in the presence of God. And I really, personally, I believe that ministry flows out of our being, not just our doing. So we, we, this whole thing, imitating Christ, being like God, uh, positioning ourselves so that we are continually being influenced by God, I do believe that this is really, really necessary. And today's sermon is, is, is just a matter of like, we have to adhere to this task of being immersed in the presence of God, because that will lead us to be impactful people of God. So that's just a prelude uh, into the sermon today. So if you have your Bibles with you, meet me in the book of Exodus. It's in the Old Testament, left side of the Bible. Okay, Exodus chapter 34. And I love that. I, I As a pastor, I get geeked out when I see people with the physical Bibles. I know I'm old school, I know, but you should have your phone, open up your Bible app. Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 through 35. And today, a little differently than what we usually do, I'm reading from the NIV. Uh, we, uh, I, I, my Bible is NASB, but today I like the translation of the New International Version. So this is um, the passage for today. All right, let me read for us, and you can just kind of read along uh, on your own here. Verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses, got, Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands, all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant, that Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Amen. Would you read verse 35 with me? Just that verse. Ready? They s- and Moses would put the veil back over his face. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's pray before we begin. God, we thank you for calling us. God, we thank you for the invitation for us to sit here in your presence, God. God, we long to glean from you. God, we pray in the next few minutes, God, we pray not just for understanding of what your word is saying, God, but I pray, God, that our lives, that our hearts will be radically and deeply transformed, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Do whatever it is that you want in us, Lord, so that we may in turn do everything through you. Christ, be the center in our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I'm going to focus on verse 29 right away. It said, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, 
He was not aware that his face was radiant because God has spoke, uh, because he had spoken with the Lord. My old uh, professor in the Old Testament and back in seminary now nearly almost two decades ago, uh, he once talked about the way the Israelites viewed or understood the glory of God and the holiness of God. My professor called the glory of God or the holiness of God equivalent to the radioactive substance, something that is very powerful and terrifying, while beneficial, while good, but also could strike fear in the hearts of men. And something most sensible people wanted to stay far away from. Isn't it funny? That, that was the equivalent of a professor's description of the holiness of God. It's just like the ass, uh, lion um, uh, in the movie or the book you guys read. I watched the movie. I'm not going to say I, you know, I read. But you know the movie, um, The Chronicles of Narnia? When the lion said, God is good, but God is not safe. Do you guys remember that line? Maybe not. You know, go watch it, right? But it's so accurate. God is good, but God also at the same time is not safe. It's so indicative of God's holiness in that description. We love God. God is loving. God is powerful. God is holy. God is nothing like what we would see on our own here on earth. At the same time, that amazing God also is not someone to be messed with. That amazingly loving God is also not safe. One thing for sure, though, when you encounter the holiness of God, when you encounter the living God and the glory of God in His fullness, one thing that you and I can be sure of is that anyone who comes in contact with the holy God you're never, ever going to be the same. This holy God, this loving God will make such an imprint on you that will last a lifetime here. It appears here that Moses, upon seeing God, Moses seeing God climbing this mountain for the second time. Because the first time he went, he received the Ten Commandments, right? He came down. And he saw that people of Israel were in sin and, and messing around and doing bad things and disappointing. He got so angry that he said, Rah, forget you guys. You guys are the worst. You don't deserve the law of God, commandments of God. He shattered the tablets. And he fasted 40 more days. He went up the mountain again. And this time, and, and God was releasing the commands. God was releasing even more spe specific laws, Right? And this is where God is now. God, Moses is, is, is sitting in the presence of God. Moses is now, uh, I don't know how long that he has spent in the mountaintop, but the Bible tells us that he had been there long enough where all that God emanated on that mountaintop, Moses in turn became that. So by the time that Moses descended from the mountain carrying these two tablets of God's commandments, so there was now evidence. Now this radiance or now this glow was the evidence that Moses was standing in the face of the glory of God. And you and I need to understand that. When you encounter the living God, when you encounter, when you have sat in the presence of God, 
you will carry the radiance of the glory of God. Amen? And, and I believe that God desires and he longs to reveal himself in such way that he had done with his servant Moses. I really believe that it is God's desire that he wants to share, he wants to impart a part of him. He wants to bleed into his people, his nature and character, that we, upon encountering him, that we become a little bit like him. Please take that last sentence, not in a new agey or more, a Mormon way that we're, God is, God is saying we're going to become like God. I'm not saying that. I didn't say we become like God. I'm saying God is, God is uh, uh, sharing a part of himself so that we resemble more and more like him. Does that make sense? So I'm going to just qu- uh, quickly go through the main points here. It's going to be bang, bang to this. So you're going to uh, pay attention, fasten your seatbelts, folks, okay? The first thing that I want to talk about is the impact of your encounter with God. Say it with me, impact of my encounter, Okay? And this is very important because there's an impact when you encounter God, the impact of your encounter. Many of you guys know that I have a special affinity for pho. You guys know that, right? Some of you guys, anyone else love pho here, right? Unfortunately, in 16 years of marriage, I have failed as a husband. I was not successful and in converting or sharing my love for Father with my wife. And this is one of the major disagreements that we have in our marriage. And, and, and my influence was less than my wife's influence on my kids. So not only do I not have a wife that shares this amazing food with me, I don't have the joy of sharing this food with my children. There's a collective sigh in all the lovers of Pha in the Vietnamese food. Some of you guys are judging me, shaking your head. Scott, how could you? I know, right? And one of the reasons why my wife doesn't particularly like this is, I know, it's, it's because she can't handle the, the particular smell of the broth. I don't get it because MSG is so good. You know what MSG stands for, right? Mmm, so good. <laughs> I mean, it's very scientific. I mean, they knew what they were talking about. So, and, I, and I get it. But I don't mind it because what happens when you're going to, uh, to eat pho? What happens? During, you know, 30 minutes that you spend, one hour that you spend, some of you guys spend too much time there. What happens when you stay in there? You, when you eat, what happens when you leave the restaurant? What happens to the wonderful smell? It stays on your clothes, right? It doesn't leave you. It's weird. That, that's how you know it's, it's a powerful stuff. Like, you don't just get to enjoy it. Somehow, magically, they attach themselves on you. Oh, Scott, we're going home with you. So, by the time I come home, I don't even have to go inside the house. One of the rules that we have, if I eat pho, you know what I have to do? I have to strip down in the garage. I'm not allowed to bring my clothes. Because she, I mean, I'm so sorry, honey. I didn't even discuss this with you. I'm going to... We have a rule, like, if I talk about family, I have to discuss with them. I'm, I'm going to get it. I mean, I'm going to get it, right? So I have to, upon entering my house, I have to take off my clothes. And all of my clothes belong in the washer immediately. 
You know why? And I love that. Something, also, Korean barbecue has the same effect. Oh, man, it stinks. And I do the same thing. Man, if I had Korean barbecue, I'd take off all my gloves straight to the washer. And I think there's something very powerful about that. That when you consume, consume something very powerful, you can't help but to become it. You can't help but you, you carry the remnant of it. And I think this is so telling of our relationship with God. I think this is so telling of our encounter with God. Because when you have been in the presence of God, even for a hot minute, you can't help but to leave that encounter smelling like God, sounding like God. Is that weird that you smell like God? You guys know what I'm saying. You become a part of what you had just consumed. When you have been in the presence of God, you can't help but to represent. Come on, somebody. When you have been in the presence of God, you can't help but represent. Come on, somebody. Uh, Amen is a good place to Amen? Amen. Talk to me, guys. I, I really believe in collective encounter when the Spirit of God is releasing something. Let's, yeah, amen. There's this evidence of having been with God. The impact of encounter undeniable in the same way like you know I don't know if you guys ever go to like the tanning salon I don't think I know anyone that who does that I had a cousin back years ago year round she had this amazing tan golden brown but year round I was like so jealous how do you do this and she would say oh yeah I go to the tanning salon For me, like, I get it. You put in the work. I respect. I'm like, I wish I could do that. But I also don't know of any guys who go to tatting salon, so I, I didn't. But isn't it, like, so true? If you have been in the presence of something, you get affected by it, and your whole countenance changes. The evidence of being sunburned or just artificial tan, whatever, there's strong evidence of you have taken in something and now you, are, you have become it, now you're emanating that. Guys, we talked about this past week, the importance of imitating Christ. We talked about if we want to make Christ-filled impact in the world that we have to first imitate. Let me tell you what, guys. Imitation begins with immersion in presence. Imitation begins with immersion in presence. You cannot hope to imitate somebody. You cannot hope to become something unless there's first dedicated time and energy that you're fully immersed in the product of which you want to become. Amen? All by myself. I'm going to move on to the second point because there's not enough Mm. 
So first, I talked about the impact of encounters. Second thing that I want to talk about is the importance of your encounter. Say with me, importance of your encounter. So this whole idea of the you take on the form and character of God, that's why it's really important because when we sit in the presence of God, we'll bleed himself, God will emanate himself, and we take on the form of God and the character of God. You see, I talked about last week that Christianity is not just about being a child of God, but it's also about becoming more like the Son of God, Christ Jesus himself. And this is why the, the important, uh, this is why the encounter with God is so important because you can't emulate whom you do not see and you can't become whom you do not know. Let me say that again. You can emulate somebody that, that you are, your eyes are not seeing. And you can become someone that you do not know and love. And I think this is a part that we often forget. We keep saying that I want to be more like Jesus. I, 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 want, to be, I want to love like God. I want to serve like God. I want, to, I want to be humble like Christ. We want all of these things, yet we deny that we want to, we, 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 did, we, we forgo the, the duty and the obligation of emulating him and becoming the person that we know. The Bible tells us throughout Old Testament and New Testament, the Bible tells us that be holy for your Lord your God is holy. Have you ever thought about why would God say that? Why would God say a, such a difficult task? He says, I am holy. You guys know that. I am like no other. That is literally the definition of the word holy. That is literally the first commandment among the Ten Commandments. I am holy. And he says, you, as you are my people, you are also called to be holy. And there's this idea and the sense of us and the people of God conforming to the image of God. You know, the passage that we have read, it tells us that when Moses came down, that his face glowed. Not only did it radiate with God's glory, but when the people of God saw Moses' shining or radiating face, you know what emotion that they felt? Verse 30 says, when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. They were afraid to come near him. So it wasn't just, I really believe, it wasn't just because, hey man, like Moses, your face is weird, dude. It, it wasn't like, bro, what happened to you, dude? What would what, you do? I really do believe it's talking about a spiritual impact here. Something that Moses carried made the people of God very uncomfortable. It wasn't because, man, you look funny. I don't know. I, I, I could be very careful. I don't want to make any eye contact. It's not like, hey, you look weird, okay? But something about you is making me uncomfortable. Because you're emanating a substance that I'm not very familiar with. At that moment, the people of God encounter the holiness of God. And I think part of that discomfort and uneasy feeling, I think really because, I think because the people were feeling uncomfortable because like, they were feeling convicted of their sins, I think. They were feeling convicted of all the wrongdoings and the thoughts that they had. 
Because when the holiness is in the fullness of, uh, 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 in our presence, guess what? It demands, it prompts change on our part. Holiness radiates and it intimidates because we as human beings, we as unholy people, we as people marred with sin and, 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 and uh, unholiness or what's the word? I'm blanking out. As, as we are marred with sin, we'll just leave it at that. When we encounter the holiness of God, we feel immediately the sense that we have to change. I think we as a people of God, as we desire to make an impact, we are absolutely signing up that when we represent, when we represent Christ, that we are essentially emanating the holiness of God, where people upon encountering us, oh, they better feel intimidated. Not because we're scaring them. They, fa- they better feel the sense of awe and the glory of God that, wow, we're dealing with something very different here. One of my many heroes of faith is a guy named Jim Elliott. Uh, some of you guys have may heard me mention him a lot because he, he literally is a, a hero of my faith. At the age of eight, he committed his life to the mission field. At the age of 21, I think, he left for South America in Ecuador, ministering to the indigenous people, and he was uh, brutally uh, murdered. He was martyred in the mission field at the age of 26. And this was an intense guy. And I I grew up reading his journals and, and the book called The Shadow of the Almighty. It became like my second Bible to me, and I devoured it. And it's just so interesting, the mindset this man had. And this is what he shared. He must have been like 18 when he wrote these words. And I quote, page 17. He says, Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. I mean, isn't that powerful? He said, bring those that I come in contact to a decision. Say, God, make me, let my life be such way that I'm not just a milepost. I'm not just a, uh, saying, hey, uh, 30 miles until so-and-so, uh, 20 miles left until wherever you reach your destiny. Say, God, make me a fork in the road that upon men, upon encountering me, men, upon seeing my life, that they would come to a radical decision of choosing you because their eternal life depends on the life that I'm showing to those around me. When we talk about impact, guys, when we talk about, man, we believe that God has called us, when we talk about being the salt and the light, guys, friends, understand that you and I have the assignment given by our Lord Jesus Christ that the rest of the world upon encountering us, they have to be filled with the sense of awe and the fear of the holy God that, man, there's something greater at stake. And I better choose something. That's kind of the impact that we are talking about here. And this part is so challenging for me. Because I can't help but to ask myself, does my life reflect 
that the heavenly assignment that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to us, when upon encountering me, when people talk to me, do they have the urgency of eternity? Or am I just a comfortable person? Am I just an easygoing person? Do they like me because I'm funny? I don't think I'm funny. Do they like me because I'm cool? Well, that's definitely a no. That's a hard no. Do they like me because I'm, I'm easy to push around? Do they like me because I, I like them? Friends, I think this is a very important question that you have to contemplate. Think about what is my impact through my life? Am I just a good worker? Am I just an excellent professional? Or you and me as people of God, as disciples of Jesus, as following in his way, do we desire this element of, God, I want to be just like you. God, I want when people encounter me, they want to be filled with the loving grace because you have been impacting me. And God, I've been sitting in your presence. You have bled your graciousness to me. God, in turn, I'm emanating the same. God, you have tugged on my heart so strongly urging me to commit my life wholly to you that when others talk with me, they're filled with the same sense. I better change my life. I better turn my life around and no longer live for myself. This is why I shared last week that intimacy and oneness with God is so important. Because our ministry, our doing, cannot be separated from our being. We can't, I don't believe in just becoming super evangelists without first taking on the love of God ourselves. How do we have that authority? How do I meet people with confidence? How do I evangelize with confidence? How do I lead? How do I preach my sermons with confidence? All of that has to be rooted in your intimate relationship with God. I mean, wouldn't you love it when you spoke, people listen? I want that. I would especially want that as a preacher. Wouldn't you love when, when, when you lead people, they just follow easily with great confidence? I would love that. But we can't just expect this to happen. We shouldn't expect to be glowing with God's holy radiance without first coming in face to face with God himself. You see, this is where the, the discrepancy is in our attitude, our expectation. We want the glow, but we never want to go. We want the mountaintop experience, but we never really want to commit to the journey of climbing. We want to change, but we never want to exchange when God demands certain things to be surrendered and be given up. But we love the impact part. You see, it just doesn't work that way. We want others to see God in us, 
but we ourselves never commit to seeing God first. God says, it's about me. You get me, and you'll get the glow. God was very specific when he invited Moses to climb the mountain for the second time, guys. He says, Moses, I don't, I don't know, guys, do you think God told Moses to shatter the, t- the tablets? Or was Moses just raging? <laughs> I don't know. Just, the Bible is so funny, right? That's why I love Moses. My Hebrew name in my Hebrew class back in the day was Moses. Moshe, anyways. Um, what was I talking about? Why was Moses so angry? So God calls him, hey, Moses, hey, man, bro, why'd you do that? He says, come on up again. I have to write you another tablets or another set of tablets, right? He says, says, come, carry two tablets, and come alone. What do you imagine when you read the words tablets, guys? This is considered a tablet, right? So I'm going to attempt. I have a very bad back right now. Um, I'm going to attempt this. Is this a good size piece of stone? Yes? But do you think this is the size that you imagine when Moses carried two tablets up the mountain? Honestly, is this, this is like 2020 versions. This is too small. The tablet that you and I envision is what? Much larger than this, right? This is pretty heavy, guys. I had to get two big guys. Respect to shout out to Danny and, and Jeffrey. I had no shame. Like, you guys going to come with me and you're going to carry stones. Someone called them slaves. <laughs> Scott rocking with two slaves. <laughs> Egyptian joke, by the way. Think about it, guys. Moses carried these two stones. I wouldn't even call them tablets yet because nothing's written on it. Can you imagine what's going through Moses? Can I put this down, by the way? Really heavy. Moses carried these two stone tablets. Let's just call them rocks because nothing has been written on it. He's carrying these two, two, two of them, double, much larger than these. And he's hiking. He's going up the mountain, not a hill, not a hill, a mountain. During the last song we sang, I had to Google. I said, God, how high was Mount Sinai? I'm curious like that. I Googled it. 7,521 feet. I don't call that a hike. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what you do when you like discover new lands by yourself, carrying two blocks of stones. Can you imagine what's running through Moses' mind? And God specified, come by yourself. Make sure that no one's with you and carry these stones. 7,500 feet 
Just for reference, Big Bear, Big Bear Lake at the top sits at 6,500 feet elevation. How many of you guys would be willing to hike up from here, the bottom of Big Bear, to the top of Big Bear? Unpaved road. <laughs> One of these bad boys. Two of these bad boys. It's a tall task, isn't it? We talk about wanting to make an impact. We talk about being a difference maker in the world. We want to talk about evangelizing. We want to talk about, man, I'm going to share Christ. You know what, folks? God is saying, you want the glow? Come up to the mountain. You want to take on my graciousness? You want to take on my patience? You want to take on my holiness? You want to take on, become like me in my gentleness? Come, encounter me, meet with me. Guys, I don't, you and I know this. We don't believe for a second that God is somewhere in the mountaintop. That it's not a hiking in North Face expedition. I'm not talking about that. You know that. You know what we are talking about, though? We are talking about making the journey of finding God at church. We're talking about more than that, though. We're talking about finding God in the privacy of our homes. We're talking about God, finding God, searching for God in the busyness of our schedule, carving out time in the middle of the day. Make that climb. Make that hike. Carry these burdens. Carry these stones. Why don't you? Meet with me. You want the globe. How come none of you guys want to make that climb? And I believe that, Rooftop Church, I believe that we are losing our taste. No more saltiness in the salt that we claim to be. The light that we are pretending to shine. There's no glow in them. Battery has long been drained. Flickering, if not already dead. There's no shine. You know why? Is because none of us are committed to the journey of going up to the mountain. None of us are as committed to the journey of God. What are you saying? God, I hunger for your word. God, I thirst for this. The point of these tablets, guys, you know why Moses made that, made that hike? Is because he came down even longer than the Ten Commandments. That's another question. God, how did Moses write? I don't know. No pens. No. I think they call it the super, like, it had to be supernatural. I think God, the finger of God had to come, like, inscribe on these stone tablets. I don't know. Maybe, like, Moses has super-duper, like, fingernails, that like, laser. But the point of these tablets, Moses brought down, God basically laid down the law. This is the way you are going to live. That is contrast to your actions. That is contrasting to your values right now. But this, by obeying these laws, by living in such way that the world will know that you are my people. When they know that you are my people, then they will be curious. They will be awed by you.
I'm not angry, guys. I just really believe that this is serious. Let us be a people committed to the task of immersing ourselves in the presence of God. Where we spend quality time with Him. Where we spend, in, where we spend intentional effort. Finding ourselves in the reading of God's Word. How do we become the person that we love? It's written in here. I hope, I hope that your faith life, your spiritual life does not depend on my feeble preaching once a week. It's not just me. And and I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor. I think um, no matter what church you go to, no matter like, let's say amazing preaching, amazing word, amazing, amazing word, like a world-renowned preacher and pastor, You can go to such church, but I guarantee you that your spiritual life does not depend wholly on the sermon that you hear 20, 30 minutes. In my case, about 37.5 minutes a week. You know what your spiritual life depends on? Your daily encounters with God. Let me specify. Your daily encounters with God is not retweeting some famous pastor's quote. Highlight two-liners. Man, that touched my heart. That blessed my heart. That does not do it. It does not happen when you repost an Instagram post. Oh, that's deep. When you repost it, that is not going to do much for your spiritual life. You cannot substitute that. It comes only in your personal and personal devotion to your worship and reading of God's word. Mark my words. I can't even say like Facebook references because no one is on Facebook But I've been dying to say, get off Facebook and put your face in the book of God. But no one gets it because, like, everyone's Instagram. And I I, I fought all week, God, give me something cool with TikTok. I can't can't rhyme anything with TikTok. But do you guys know what I'm saying, right? There, I got it out. Can I move on now? When you climb up that mountain... When you're willing to carry the empty stone tablets in your hands and make that hike, and God says, then I shall reveal to you my glory. Then I shall share with you my holy ways. Then I shall reveal to you how deep and how wide, how great my love for you is. The last part is this. Just, I don't have much to say. And what does that mean? What does that imply? What does, the, what does your encounter with God, what does that imply? The last thing is implication of your encounter. And now the final piece of your encounter with God is what? To go down the mountain and share your mountaintop experience. When you become what you have taken in, when you're mimicking when you're radiating what you have just consumed, the goal is for you to climb that mountain and be around the people that are longing for it. It's crazy that this radiance that Moses had, it lasted not for a season. It lasted not for a a hot week. It lasted not for just a month. 
This radiance was permanent. So Aaron said, hey, dude, man, like that's really distracting. We can't even look at you because like, we're like we're struck with awe and fear. So they put a veil over his face. Can you imagine? Like, first of all, you're a grown man. No one putting a veil on my face. <laughs> Moses had to walk around with a veil on his face for the rest of his life. If you read the end of Deuteronomy, this guy died in the last moments. You know, you guys know Moses died by himself, right? But it's funny the writer of Exodus mentioned that when Moses breathed his last, he still had the veil over his face. <laughs> it's crazy. I want that. I want whatever that God does with me and in me and to me. Man, I want it to be so powerful. I want it to be so lasting. God, I don't want to like up and down on my spiritual life, roller coaster. I don't want that, God. God, mark me permanently. And guys, that's what you and I should be longing for. What, do we, what is it that we gather when we worship? What is it that we, we listen to the word of God? What is it that we do when we pray unto God? We're basically asking God, transform us. God, change us in a way that it lasts forever or long time. And give us this glow. And when we glow, we take that glow, go into the world, and we share with those around us. Concentric leadership. I'm done talking about concentric leadership today. First part is you want influence, you want impact. First, let us be impacted by God himself. Amen? And just two weeks from now on, we're going to talk about the impact now, family impact. Then move on to marriage, parenthood, community, and so forth. But guys, this is the beginning point. Before we go out and do we have to first attend to this task of climbing up this mountain. Amen? Let's get the worship team. Come on up here. I want us to approach this worship time a little differently in light of what we have just talked about. So every time we gather as a church, every time when we sing praise songs, Every time we pray for church, we're asking God, come. When we say, Holy Spirit, come, it's not so that we feel good when we feel his presence. It should be because, God, we want more of you because we want to be more like you. God, we hunger after you. God, we are so hungry for you. We try and try to be better. We live our lives trying to sin less. We live our lives wanting to do less of bad things. We are too angry, too impatient, too selfish oftentimes. A lot of times we just give greater effort. God, we don't realize enough that what we need first to do is 
to just sit in your presence, to immerse, to be immersed in who you are. And God, right now, we just want to do that. God, we want to soak in your light. God, we want to soak in your beauty. God, we want to absorb and take all of your holiness. God, we want to be like Moses. We want to climb up that mountain. God, we want to make that long journey. God, leave your imprints upon your people today. Friends, from where you are, would you just quickly pray that? Say, God, I just want more of you. More and more of you, God, I need you. I want you. Draw me close to you. Now, further your prayer, God, as, as the Spirit of God is coming, God, now pray to God, you have to allow, give the Holy Spirit permission to do the work in you. you know, I, I do believe that our God is a gent- gentleman. He never forces himself on us. He would never do something that we ourselves do not first allow him to. So now, simply pray. So, God, I, I give you permission. Would you change my heart? Change my heart. Give me the strength and the power to be more like you, Lord. Help me do away with selfishness, sinfulness. God, we pray that as a church, that we we would carry your radiance. And God, I pray as we pray to be impact players in this world, as we desire to be used by you, God, God, I pray that you would continue to shine upon our lives. Lead us to meet with you in this coming week. Allow us to hunger after your word. Just commune with us, Lord. And we love you, Lord. And we trust you as you continue to lead us. In Jesus' name we pray.